Chase Your Dreams, a documentary by Witty Travels. They say the first thing you do when you get married is to buy a house, but we didn't. In fact, we don't have apartments or full-time jobs. All we have are two backpacks, two passports, and one big goal, to chase our dreams. This is Witty Travels, and here's how we got to this moment. Comfort of the American Dream This is a story you have heard before. The pursuit of not happiness, but the American Dream. The idea that he who dies with the most toys wins. When you are young, it's action figures or dolls. When you get a bit older, it becomes cars and clothes. The pursuit of more things is not even always bad or needless. How many of us have racked up debt chasing a college degree? Something that in America has a high value attached to it. And cars are not bad. You need a reliable car to get to the job that you worked hard and got into debt for. And you need clothes to wear to the job and out with your friends because humans were not created to be alone. Then at the end of the day, you get back into your car and drive back to your apartment or house. All of these items are essential, but when does essential become extra? The nine to five or eight to seven can drop you into a daze, a trance that leaves you in a sense of comfort, asleep at the wheel. And if you don't wake up and shake out of it, you'll be ready to retire, at least mentally and physically. But living with mounds of debt and surviving paycheck to paycheck will not get you to retirement in actuality. Buying things we can't actually afford just kicks the can down the road. Even declaring bankruptcy will not forgive you of your student debts. Eventually, we have to deal with the debt we have accumulated to purchase items that we couldn't actually afford. Eventually, we have to pay the piper. I have worked in corporate America for 13 years. I tried it all to climb the corporate ladder. Spent almost every night for a year studying and taking exams to get my master's degree. Took and passed tests for technical certifications and internationally recognized designations. I was praised for my leadership abilities yet never got the opportunity to formally lead. Heck, I never even got one promotion in 13 years. All of this extra work and going the extra miles did not lead to tangible results. I may have been considered a job hopper, mostly staying at a place of employment for a few years and then leaving when it seemed I wasn't getting anywhere and there were obvious problems within the organization. I get questions about loyalty, knowing that so many of my peers were constantly terminated just out of the blue. Guess that loyalty didn't extend both ways. So while I could get more money at each position, I would not get more responsibility or fulfillment. And I witnessed such hopeless comfort. My coworkers stuck around to ride off into the sunset that is retirement, not wanting to rock the boat or do anything to jeopardize the predictable income stream. I got hired right out of college. I felt kind of nervous because I never thought that I would get such a good opportunity at such a good place. And so I put in the hard work. I worked 50, 60, even 70 hours a week to prove to them that they made the right choice in hiring me. And it didn't stop there. I kept going at it for seven years and I got really comfortable. I mean, it was a good spot. I had great health insurance paid by them and I just got comfortable. But something inside of me felt like there was more. But this comfortable, this stability would be such a dream come true for most people. 
I couldn't accept the idea of just being happy to make a paycheck and sticking with a company until you retire, or more realistically, get laid off. So I tried side hustles. First was Labor Gains, a company that provided guidance on how to land your dream job. True, I never got promoted at work, but by job hopping, I went on a lot of interviews. And thankfully, I never hopped backwards in pay. I frequently updated my resume and even got my LinkedIn profile to an all-star status. All of that was good enough to get my foot in the door at Fortune 500 companies. Just not good enough to take that foot and climb the corporate ladder. When it came to getting a new job, I just applied to every job I could find until I landed one. Those things can't be easily taught to others, though the effort was made. The Labor Gain series was released on YouTube and LinkedIn. I attended career fairs and posted some blogs and would like to believe that I did help some people with their resumes and job interviews. The touching notes and messages received confirmed this. But ultimately, labor gains failed. Quickly, I learned that what allowed me to land interviews and lock down jobs was not transferable. I did not have success because of the X's and O's. The success came because of my inner desire to succeed, my determination. Then I tried to pursue a passion. Since I was little, I loved professional wrestling. If there was one topic I felt like an expert in, it was that. I have been told that I have a face for radio. Just kidding. Hopefully. But I have been told that I do have a voice for the modern day radio, podcast. The skills I learned from labor gains did not die. I started Wrestling Stable, which produced YouTube shows and blogs in the form of professional wrestling show previews and results. Then I used those natural skills that people said I had to create podcasts as well. And then I added the knowledge of TikTok and Instagram, which really helped grow the brand. But soon I realized I liked wrestling, but I didn't love it. And you have to love a product or idea to create a business around it. So this company also folded. And even though I worked those crazy amount of hours, I was okay with that because it was for a greater good. It was for a bigger purpose. And then there's my love for photography. My parents handed me a camera early on to take pictures for their business and I have had a camera in my hand ever since. I just love seeing life through the lens of a camera. And so I started my side business, KG Photography. I focused on child and family photography, and I never took the risk to make it my full-time job. Getting uncomfortable. We knew we wanted more. We just didn't know exactly what, but it's not enough to just believe. You have to prepare. Many people want a safe, secure job. They might not say it with their words, but they prove it with their actions. But playing it safe will never make you great. And we wanted great things for our lives. And now it was time to really push ourselves. Now it was time for a challenge. However, being in debt wasn't gonna get us anywhere. It keeps you in a cage and it doesn't allow you to go after what you want. And we paid so much in debt every single month that we didn't have anything left over to give generously to others. And Romans 13.8 says, Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt of loving one another. Being in debt doesn't just hurt us, it caps our ability to help other people who are hurting. The solution was easy in principle, but extremely hard to do. We had to get out of debt. Some people have Mount Everest-sized amounts of debt. Ours was $80,000 combined. It'd be nice to wave a magic wand and make it all disappear, but that was not gonna happen. It's extremely difficult to get out of car, student loan, and credit card debt 
all at once. But the best way to climb a mountain is one step at a time. To get going, we had to get weird. And we had to cut down all of our expenses. And living in South Florida, the biggest expense is rent. But you have to get the nicest place, right? I'm wrong. You have to get your own apartment when you're an adult, right? Also wrong. Dave Ramsey says that you have to live like no one else so that later you can live and give like no one else. So we did what most people would not want to do. We downsized. That's not normal, but that's kind of the point. We had to get out of debt. We weren't even dating at the time, but something told us to start living well below our means to break the bondage of debt. Kati lived with her cousin, just renting a room and sleeping in a twin-sized bed. I bounced from room to room in different Airbnbs. We had to live like most Americans wouldn't to get what most Americans want. Adapting. We started by putting off what we want now for what we really want later. So we only spent money on the necessities because anything extra would be excess. We all think we need a new car or a new apartment or new clothes, but all of that is extra. What we really need is clothes to wear, food to eat, and a car to get us from point A to point B. And we had so many people tell us, oh, you're always gonna be in debt, that's the norm. And end up being in your 40s and 50s with manageable debt, that's the norm. The new norm for us meant living below our means, way below our means. We won't lie to you. It was not so best at first. We worked really hard and felt like we deserved nice things. We deserved to see the fruits of our labor. But it was no one else's fault that we got ourselves into this mess. And no one was going to help us get out of it. We even had to ignore the well-meanings of some family members and friends who were comfortable being in the chains of debt. We stopped spending money on our credit cards entirely. We stayed in rooms instead of entire apartments, didn't eat out too often, didn't upgrade our cars, and suppressed our desire to travel on a regular basis. We didn't do it perfectly, but we lived within our means. And after we first started dating, we did take a small trip to the American Southwest, as we called it, to the hot air balloon fiesta in New Mexico. We did save up the cash that we needed for this trip, got really cheap flights, and stayed with friends to keep our costs low. We brushed up on Dave Ramsey's debt snowball and agreed that our debt was not a math problem, it was a behavior problem. So we executed the following steps. Step one, list your debts from smallest to largest regardless of interest rate. Step two, make minimum payments on all of your debts except the smallest. Step three, pay as much as possible on your smallest debt. Step four, repeat until each debt is paid in full debt free. So we used the momentum and excitement to keep paying off our debt. We went from $80,000 in debt down to zero. We could have done it mathematically and looked at interest rates, but we felt really good getting these little small wins along the way. And now we're debt free. Paying the price. The success did not come without sacrifice, but victory rarely does. Besides our trip to the hot air balloon fiesta, we did not spend money on big ticket items. That means we didn't go to weddings, concerts, or events. To keep our cars up and running, we had to get new tires, brakes, and even a transmission. And staying in an Airbnb, I can tell you, I had some really interesting stays and roommates over the past few years. 
back on solid ground. After getting debt free, we were back on our feet and we can come up for air knowing that we didn't owe anybody any money. But once you conquer a giant, new challenges seem to find you and not to harm you, but to see what you've learned during your trials. And so we had a big ticket item, a wedding. Most weddings in America cost about $30,000 and we were wanting to stay frugal and spend less than half than that. We picked a date out of thin air and decided to get married then. And then we moved it back. We pushed back our wedding a whole seven months to not get married when we wanted to, but to get married when we can actually afford it. And then we decided to completely cash flow our wedding. And that's just what we did. Don't get us wrong. We are very blessed with additional gift cards and cash, which helped us in our future savings. How we changed. After eliminating our debts and cash flowing our wedding, we were starting our new life together with no chains, no restrictions. And the snowball effect just kept going. So we were saving up, but we didn't know what we were saving for. 2020 taught us that we are not promised tomorrow to chase after your dreams. And for some people, their dream is to buy a new car or buy a new house. But for us, that dream is to travel. And we knew we wanted to travel sooner rather than later. And nothing is sooner than now. So with the challenge of getting out of debt in the rear view, we needed a new challenge. So we decided that before having kids, we would travel the world out of backpacks. So the research began. We didn't go full Dave Ramsey and never use credit cards again. Instead, we used them wisely. We got a credit card that offered travel points and we pay off the balance each month so that we don't rack up interest or fall back into debt. Now, I'm not a financial advisor, but I did some research and trusted my gut and we figured this is the best card for us. It has no foreign transaction fees, which is great if you're going to travel, and it has a lot of other great perks. We also got the Charles Schwab card. It requires a hard pull of your credit, so we made sure that we got the Amex all situated first. It comes with an investment account and then also has a Visa card and a checking account that you can use separately. Once again, not a financial advisor, but we knew that when we traveled, we'd have to go to the ATM. And the cool thing about this card is that Charles Schwab does not have any physical banking branches anywhere in the world at the time of this recording, at least. So any ATM fees that you incur will be paid back. We kind of gradually fell into being minimalists. We lived out of small spaces and the trunks of our cars basically became our closets. So we didn't have room for much. So that made us completely okay with the idea of living out of backpacks. And we had fun searching for things that were valuable enough to take with us and what could actually fit into our backpacks. Minimalism is not about depriving yourselves of things. It's about only having the right things. We learned a lot about getting out of debt from Dave Ramsey and even more about minimalism from the minimalist. We consumed all the travel content that we could, watching single and couple travel vloggers on YouTube. And staying in all those Airbnbs, I learned how to not spend a fortune on lodging while also not being in too sketchy of a situation. World travel. We have all the physical items we need. We're debt free and we've saved quite a bit for our journey. But there's one thing left to do. It took a lot of faith, but you can't travel the world and fully experience it with full-time jobs. 
So what just happened? So I just resigned and gave my two weeks for my full-time job. That's a huge step. It is. How do you feel? So it's definitely hard because I've been at that job for seven years and it's very much, you know, like a family. And so I'm definitely going to miss the people, but that means also it's one step closer to our world travel. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, still processing it, <laughs> but excited. It's done. What did you do? Just resigned from my job. How do you feel? Feel good. I mean, it, even when you have everything in place, even when, you know, your job could be a little bit better, uh, it's still like this awkward conversation, right? Because you do feel like you're giving up. You know, you do feel like maybe you could do more, like, even though you know that's not the truth. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's official. And uh, I'm super excited. This is it. This is for real. We have no apartment lease and no longer have full-time jobs. But we do have one-way international plane tickets purchased. There's no going back now. Follow along on our journey as we document everything on a YouTube vlog, podcast, and we put out daily content on all the social media platforms. Find everything at wittytravels.com. <sighs> what could possibly be next?